Welcome back to the one-on-one podcast, episode 13, Jeff Marksberry. Welcome, Coach Mark Sperry, to the one-on-one Stevie Fro podcast. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy morning working on your tan. Um, Appreciate being here. Yeah, you should appreciate being here, man. You got to – we appreciate being here. We appreciate you being here. So, Jeff Mark Sperry, Simon Kenton football coach, also the Simon Kenton athletic director. Coach Mark Sperry has had a great 20-year career. Would this be your 21st season or 20th at Simon? I don't know, 90 or 2000. Yeah, this would have been your 20th, I thought. This would have been. Or 21st. This would have been my 20, this will be my 21st. 21st. Yeah. yeah. And he has taken a team to the state finals. He has won the Marvin Lewis Coach of the Year Award. He is like a six, seven, eight time Kentucky Football Coach Association District Coach of the Year. He's the best. Yeah, no. No? <laughs> had great players, great assistant coaches. It helps, right? It does. It does. So, Coach Marksberry, how was uh, vacation for you, Coach? It was great. We spent uh, about 12 days in South Carolina. My wife, Michelle, and two, two girls, Anna and Chloe, and uh, the rest of my family, my mom and dad, brother, his girlfriend and kids. Uh, my mom had a sister that passed away in 96, and her son – and his wife and kids, and my mom's other sister and her husband. So there were about 18 of us in a house in Isle of Palms on South Carolina, and it was fantastic. It's a great beach. In two weeks. Well, not almost two weeks. Yeah. We spent we only spent a week at the beach. We were uh, the other four days we were in Charleston. We took just Michelle and I and the girls. Anna's boyfriend went with us. What? Uh, yeah, I know. What? What's a, the deal here with these tough head coaches and the, having these daughters and – it's the football coach's curse. Is daughters. it? Yeah. Not a curse. I shouldn't say that. They're great kids. Uh, I tell our football coach, like, when his daughter comes into open gym, I'm like, uh, you need to come down. And get, I text him, like, you need to come get your daughter <laughs> out of the gym. How old is, how old is Eric's daughter? <laughs> she's going to be a sophomore. Okay. All right. And she's a very athletic girl, very pretty little girl. And she comes in here, and her, her little boyfriend plays on the basketball team, and I'm always like, uh, uh, get him out. Get him out. <laughs> You leave. She can stay. You go. And, and of course, you know, because they show off. Right. You know, Absolutely. They, they come in. So, so yeah, it was a good time. We had we spent the last four days in Charleston and did, didn't do any of the historic stuff at Charleston because uh, we had been there a couple times before and, and done, you know, the historic stuff, some of the tours and um, some of that other, the, the other things that, so we just kind of. Ate some dinners and, you know, went out to eat and went to the beach one day at Charleston up to a place called Folly Beach, which was nice. And uh, just kind of walked around and shopped and went, you know, just kind of explored Charleston for. Is this your typical uh, dead period vacation time? Do you yeah. guys usually do that two weeks? Yeah, normally. Uh, normally we are a week at wherever we're going. We, we went for about 10 years in a row. We went to a place outside of Destin, the 30A area, like Grayton Beach, Seaside, mm-hmm. some of those places. And then the, we always go to the Flins 
I know buddy buddy talked about Mike Flynn and we always go to to Mike Flynn's lake house in uh, Seneca South Carolina right outside of Clemson on Lake Kiwi and that's normally what we do but Mike's mother had a heart attack about three weeks ago and uh, Mike and his wife Meg are kind of charged with taking care of mom right now and he didn't want us coming in and the possible contamination no, of being on the beach. I understand you know, that. So I, I was totally, totally fine with that, even though I missed seeing, uh, seeing Mike. Um, you know, we, we still got to extend the vacation and, and, uh, and have some fun. So you come back to all this awesome COVID stuff with the athletics. Being the athletic director, how's that been? dealing with all that these last few days since you've been back? Um, well, we've got some, some teams that have decided to, to wait until what would have been the traditional start time of Monday. Uh, now, you know, finding out this morning, watching the KHSAA live broadcast of the Board of Control meeting, that that's been extended to August 3rd. So this weekend is going to be a busy weekend, I'm assuming, with trying to get some plans together for volleyball and cross country and some of the other sports that had chosen to, to wait to begin, you know, golf is going to start on time, um, so we got to got to get some stuff together for for those sports. Um, you know, we'll get back to to doing the conditioning stuff for for football on Monday, and and back to it. You know, do, trying to trying to figure it out and how to navigate these these strange times. That I tell you, it was um, one of the most difficult things I'd had to do was was putting together the documentation and the plans for our um, for our return to conditioning. I, I won't call it practice because we haven't practiced yet, but for our return to conditioning, it was it was difficult. I probably wrote three different versions and to, to read through, you know, I'm not a science person. I've, I was an English teacher and um, was trying to read through some of that scientific stuff and the, the guidelines of the CDC was, was uh, it was challenging at times to, to, to put it all together, uh, but but we did it. We managed, and we did you know the four weeks of of conditioning that that well two, and then the two weeks of the dead period. Um, the assistants assistants ran a couple of days a week while I was gone. Um, we we managed and we put it all together, and it, it worked out well. The kids were happy to be be back doing some things and seeing each other, and um, you know we'll just we'll we'll go with the flow and kind of figure it out. Yeah, we started last last week. And it's funny because I didn't think that I would miss as much as that I had met, right? You don't think that you're missing anything as the time is going. And then as soon as all those balls started bouncing last Tuesday, it was like a uh, warming. Like right? Christmas morning. Yeah, right? it was, man. <laughs> and I could imagine the same for you. Yep. And just to watch the kids interact socially, and, and I'm not naive enough to believe that they've not been hanging out or whatever, but to be in that setting was the first time in months for our kids. And I enjoy, I have enjoyed the three, four days that we've had doing that. The restrictions are tough. I understand it. Uh, we're doing our part. It's really all I can do. You wear your mask, hand sanitizer, disinfectant stuff. Obviously the football for football is, it's very tough. Number one, your quarterback can't throw the ball to anybody. Correct. Can't hand the ball off to anybody. So, you know, you, you can't rep offensive stuff because of the distancing right now. And then 
now that they've pushed everything back to August 3rd, who knows what that means? Correct. You know, football's in a dire situation. And as of this morning, and I don't think we're did not expect this, especially after the commissioner came out the other day, basketball's in a dire situation as well, just because that being inside. Right. So, um, who I mean, who really knows? I'm not smart enough to understand this. Or I really, I was just telling Casey, our AD, on my way up here, uh, that I wish I were, were smarter and could understand this or that, and, but I am not. So, I mean, we could talk about this forever. Forever. Yeah, I, I actually, we talked about it in our last show that I would really like to start um, doing some roundtable stuff with different groups of people. And one of the groups, I would like to get a group of ADs together and just kind of discuss, because I don't think people really understand what's really happening inside the athletic department. And I think it would be a nice thing for people to hear it firsthand. They're reading this. They're seeing this posted. Their son or daughter is coming home from something. We did this. We did that. This, But I, don't, I just don't know. I don't know what people are really understanding with this whole if they really saw the the restrictions that we've received i struggled to even start anything but i felt like i owed it to the kids Mm -hmm. just to get something done right Mm -hmm. so and then we don't start till october right if we start in october right so anyway it's definitely been definitely been challenging and uh you know julian commissioner tackett keeps saying you know that 21 we hope will look like 19, but 20 won't look like anything we've seen. And I've heard that, you know, time and time again from him. I, I was fortunate to do some, uh, being a football coaches association regional rep, I've been on a couple of Zoom meetings with him and the other 11 regional reps and our president, David Buchanan from Mercer County. So, you know, I, I've tried to tried to stay in contact with, with what's going on. And, you know, we have obviously fought for football as the regional reps of the, of the football coaches association and you know, tried to talk to him about things that we're willing to do. And really, we he said this to us, you know, look at these guidelines and let's talk about what's inconvenient versus what's impossible. And I thought that was a great way to, to kind of look at things. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of inconvenient things, you know, kids bringing their own water, kids not being able to go in the locker room, the bathroom situation, you know, having one open and having to get those cleaned and the temperature scans. and But nothing yet has been impossible it's you know it's no. it's taken a little more time mm-hmm. yeah but i've said you know over the course of my 27 year career that coaching is nothing but it's time anyway you have to invest the time so you know it, it's 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 time it's uh it's a it's a long time to get things set up and to get kids checked in and you know we're fortunate to have a <coughs> excuse me a large roster um, so we've got to run, you know, several groups of, of kids coming in and, you know, and our coach, some of our coaches have had to work some double duty and, but, you know, we're willing to do that because we want the kids together and we obviously want to have a season. So sure. Just doing your part. Mm-hmm. Same thing we said before. So Jeff Marksberry, Covington raised, born and raised, right? Yep. Holmes grad. When did you start coaching football? I started coaching football in 19... 19- 90, 90 or 91, um, I went to Hanover and played for two years. And then I, I had a couple of shoulder surgeries, one after my freshman year, one after my sophomore year. Made a dumb 20-year-old decision and said, I'm going to 
I'm going to go back home. This is just, you know, I'm going through this rehab and I'm just, you know, the shoulder hurts and, um, you know, you're 20 years old and you make a, a dumb decision that's not well thought out. And, you know, friends were back here in Northern Kentucky. And um, although I had great friends at, at Hanover, some Northern Kentucky guys that I went to school with and played with are still some of, you know, my best friends. Um, came home and my head football coach at Holmes, Bill Hina, uh, who passed away a couple years ago, uh, he was the athlete, he had become the athletic director. And I went to him and said, I want to coach and teach. And he said, okay, we'll, we'll get you coaching. So I started coaching seventh and eighth grade football and, uh, at got, the middle school at the middle. Yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't the middle school at the time. We just, it wasn't called Holmes middle school. Holmes high school had grades seven through 12 gotcha. at, during that time. Um, and I started coaching and just going to clinics and soaking everything up and got a couple guys that I knew from high school to help me. And we had a, we had a great time. A couple years later, I was, you know, coaching the freshman team and, and uh, doing the varsity special teams and just kind of went on from there. Did you fall in love with it right away? I, I did. Actually, I, I fell in love with it as a player yeah. uh, in high school. I had a great uh, – one of our coaches, Sam Franklin, who lives in uh, Hardin County, after he left Holmes, he went to North Hardin High School, um, just had a huge impact on my life. I, I spent a lot of time with him, would go to his house and just hang out with him he lived in a little apartment on Wallace on Wallace Avenue in Wallace Woods, and um, he had a son and a wife that still lived in in Elizabethtown. And he came up here. He played for Cochina at Murray State, and he had a, just a huge impact on my life. Just the the way he was as a person, and and uh, I just I loved hanging out with him. I loved just just being around him and listening to his stories. He was from Moss Point, Mississippi, um, and he was you know just this just simple man. And, uh, he had a huge impact on, on my life, just lived a, a really good life and was, uh, loved working out and loved the, the, the toughness and the, uh, the dedication and commitment of football and, you know, the regimented side of it. And it just, he had a huge impact on me and that's kind of why I did it. When I was a junior in high school, I, Ken Spurlock was my English teacher and, uh, we used to write a daily journal, like he'd put something up on the board and say, you know, okay, take 10 minutes and just write your thoughts on, on this. And one of the things was, what's your career? And I wanted to be a teacher and a coach in the 11th grade, just because of the impact that Coach Franklin had on me. And then coming home from Hanover, coaching gave you an opportunity to stay close to the game. It did. Getting into it. Mm-hmm. Same reason I got into coaching. Probably say it for a lot of people, right? Yep, Absolutely. When did you start coaching for the high school team? 94. 94. 94. So yeah. six years in as, as an assistant? Uh, four years as four an years. assistant. Yeah. So 94, 95, 96, I was an assistant at Holmes. And then in 97, I went to Simon uh, to be an assistant for Coach Lucas. Lucas, yeah. Who got the job. He and I were the two finalists. I, I wasn't ready, but I just wanted to throw my name in the hat. Um, two jobs were open at that time, Grant County and Simon Kenton. And I threw my name in the hat for both of them, got interviews at Simon, didn't get an interview at Grant County. And uh, Coach Lucas got the job. They asked me in the interview if I'd be interested in being an assistant. And I said, yeah, that I, you know, I would, I would, I would do that just to kind of work for someone else and, you know, expand my experiences. And uh, Coach Lucas called me about 
an hour after he got the job and said, you know, are you, uh, are you interested in, in coming to work for me? And I said, uh, can I be in charge of the weight room? He said, what do I need to do to get you? I said, can I be in charge of the weight room? And he said, absolutely. I hate the weight room. You can have it. <laughs> uh, so we worked together for what? 97, 98, 99. He, left, he to left. Take, left to take the Lloyd job. Yeah. And I took over in January of 2000. Funny that full circle that he came back mm-hmm. to work for you. Is he still there? He is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow. He is. Isn't that funny uh, how that works? It is. And we, ha- you know, and we had a great working relationship just because of, I think, his personality and my personality are at opposite ends of the spectrum. Not in terms of what we expect from the kids or, but just, I, I think, our approach sometimes. Is. Yeah. Um, is And I've worked for both of you, so I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I just think that that meshes yeah. So well, and he and I, you know, even when he was at Lloyd, I would I would call him and say, you know, we're playing such and such. Do you do you have any film or you know, you know, can you help me with this or and same thing, you know, he would call me and ask me, you know, what are you doing, you know, what are you doing in January? I, I, you know, how was that weight room stuff you set up? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but it, it's always been a, a great working relationship, and he had a great impact, you know, working for him those three years. Um, I was young, you know, I was what twenty six. And working for him those three years, he, you know, he'd been around his dad for forever. And Legend. his dad's a legend, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I was I, at Newcath when Roy Sr. was at, at Newport. Newport. Yeah. Yeah, legend. right. That's right in your time. Yeah. Legend. Um, so, you know, he had a lot of stuff from his dad, and, and I learned a lot from him. And still to this day, he's had a, you know, we work together, and he still has an impact on me. So, was it tough leaving Holmes? Because um, I know you, Holmes guys, it's a, there's a loyalty there. I know they say once a bulldog, always a yeah. bulldog, but I think that's, a, that's some real stuff. Um, I, I don't know that it was it was tough because I think at that point I wanted to, um, I, I wanted to get some new experiences. You know, yeah. I wanted to see what it was like somewhere else, and um, and that Simon Kenton gave me that opportunity, and Roy gave me that opportunity. How was the transition to Simon Kenton those first couple of years under Coach Lucas? tough um I, I tried to look back for the records to see to, re, to refresh my memory I, I do remember when I first started officiating in 97 that there was a period there some kitten wasn't very good we had, at that in 97 we were at the beginning of this I think we were 0 and 4 yes yeah. which put us at a 32 game yeah. losing streak was it 97 or 98 because uh, I'll tell you 97 what I remember. 97? Okay. Yeah, 97. Yeah. Because I remember, uh, I think it was, it might have been 98. There was a win, I think it might have been 98, a win at Dayton High School. Oh, I'm sorry. It was 98. It was 98, it was 98. Yeah. yep. And I was the back judge in that game. And I want to say it was the first win. It was. In like three years. In 32 games. 32 games. And I, being... 19, 20 years old, didn't know what the hell was happening, but they were running off the wall. Oh, yeah. And everybody was excited. And uh, there you go. So there you go. There's some history there. That was a uh, funny. That was a good Dayton team, too. That was was. a nice old Dayton team. It was. Because in 96, Dayton lost to Beachwood in Mm -hmm. the regional finals. Yes. Uh, at Beachwood when Jerry Klein and those guys were. I was there. They were really good scurs. I was in the end zone. Um, Jason Skirvin. They were good the, the next couple years after yeah. that. 
So funny story about that about that game. It's late. We're up eighteen to fourteen. We that's what we won that game by eighteen to fourteen. Now my wife, if my wife listens to this, she'll say you can't remember our anniversary, but you remember <laughs> the score of that game. <laughs> and we were playing. I was the defensive coordinator, and we were on defense. And took a timeout late in the game in the fourth quarter to just kind of go out and say, you know, dig in here. You know, if we hold them out of the end zone, we're, you know, we're going to win this game. And we had a little sophomore by the name of Daniel Morrison. I don't know if you remember Daniel. He played running back for us, and he was a safety for us, corner. And it was in the middle. 98 was in the middle of the home run war. Oh, you, yeah, that's you, right. If yeah. you remember. I remember very well. Uh, Sosa and McGuire, you know, the, the home run season, which was just a 30 for 30. And it, during the middle of that timeout, the fireworks at Riverfront Stadium go off. And, you know, I'm, you know, talking to the kids and, you know, talking to them about what we're going to do here. And, and Daniel from the back of the huddle looks at me and goes, hey, Coach, you think McGuire just hit a home run? <laughs> and I went, Daniel? They don't, the Reds don't put off fireworks when the opponents hit home runs. It's when the Reds hit home runs. And that's just kind of broke the mood of that, you know, that tense moment. And Daniel just says, hey, coach, I think McGuire just hit a home run. No, he didn't, Daniel. (laughs) (laughs) My brain kind of is that way, too. Like, I'll drift off into something (laughs) in the middle of a game. I'll look at somebody and say, you know what sounds good? Chipotle. (laughs) We should go to Chipotle after the game. Right in the middle of a a big stretch. Uh, Yep. So, all right, back on topic here. Yeah, Simon kinda, Kitten, the Simon, that's okay. It's a, look, this should this show should be called Off Topic with <laughs> Steve Frommeyer, honestly. Coach Lucas leaves. Mm-hmm. And you get the hire, right? Mm-hmm. Come right out, like 5-0. and oh. Yes. How'd that feel? I thought, man, this is easy. <laughs> what, what was wrong with us? <laughs> what was wrong with yeah. us during that time? But it's funny. Um, that you mentioned that because the pressure, I can remember that the pressure building each week to continue that streak. And, and, and I, and I have had kids that played on that team Well, they're not kids now, they're, they're grown men, um, say coach that like how you changed each week, you know, with, we could see that pressure building on you. You were a madman, you know, week six and week four and week five. And, but it, it, you know, it was, it was a great, great feeling, um, to, and the, you know the community got excited, yeah. and it, the kid, the school was excited, and so it was it was really neat to to be able to do that. The only problem is it was four classes, correct? So you played your five non district games, and in two thousand, the four uh, A boy, how good was that? Uh, Lexington four A was yeah. was as good. Was as Scott County was in the district, or was that who was in that? Scott County was in the district. We beat them. Okay, we beat Scott County. No. Yeah, they were in the district. I remember was, they were in it for a time. It was us, Scott County, Brian Station, Boone, Campbell, Henry Clay. Henry and Clay was the other one. And at That's that right. time, Henry Clay had Shane Boyd, Zia Combs, four linemen, two went to UC, Frank, uh, I can't remember his last name, one that went to um, Marshall, or two that went to Marshall, and one that went to UC. I mean, they were just loaded. Brian Station had mm-hmm. Eric Shelton, um, the E-Train, they had the um, a, a quarterback that that went to Louisville and his little brother that went to. I mean, it was just we got to that stretch of the season, and it was like, oh my gosh, you know, we we better we got to buckle down. And we wound up going what one and four the 
yeah, I think second so. half of the season to wind up to wind up six and four. But we still had a chance at the end. Um, we played Boone in week ten, and that was for our berth. For yeah, our for play the playoffs. Berth. And they beat us ten to seven. I want to say the score of that game was ten to seven. Our kicker, we were working lesson learned. We're working punt block. <laughs> yeah. And we had our varsity punter slash place kick kicker. Yeah. As the guy punting. And we went to block the punt, rolled his ankle. We lost our kicker, so we couldn't kick a, a field goal at the end of the game to tie it. We were in we were within field goal range. And we had another kid that was a kicker, and I just couldn't he was a senior, first time ever playing football, and I just couldn't do that to him. I could so we went for it on fourth down. Uh less, you know four seconds left or whatever instead of kicking the field goal. And pass wound up incomplete. You know, Boone had knocked it down. What um, what, uh, what lessons you learned that first year, especially after that first round of district games, some good coaches. Well, you had Tom Stellman at Connor. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was who was that? Uh, was Dave Eckstein still at Rao? Dave was at Rao. Dave was at Rao. Mm-hmm. And then – you had Troy Steyer at Campbell. Campbell. Okay. Excellent coach. Oh, yeah. And we had. And then Tom Spritzky at Dixie. Tom Spritzky, another excellent coach. Yes. Good friend of one yours, of my, I'd imagine. One of my Hanover teammates. Nice. Fraternity brother at Hanover. Hmm. Uh, still, On a good day, you guys could probably pass as twins, too. <laughs> a lot of people have said that. <laughs> but you come out of that. You know, I look at, I remember back in working in those games. And just the the coaches, they were, to me, being a younger guy, I had such respect for for coaches, the way they carried themselves. And those, those are four dudes. And then you talk about Scott County with Jim McKee, right? right? You talk about coaches that carry themselves with just this confidence of just cock strong and we're going to run you over and you're going to like it. You're Simon Kenton. Right. You didn't win a game for three years. Right. Just a few years ago. Um, going to put you in your place and kind of deal. But what what did you learn watching them? We had to get better. That we had to work the hallways. You know, we had to expand our roster. We had to gross. We had to we had to develop some depth. Uh, we had to get some. You know, increase our numbers uh, so we could you know have more competitive practices. We had to get bigger and stronger, um, and we had to get more. You know, we had to find a way to attract some athletes to yeah. to come out to to play football. Uh, you know, we have always been blessed with with great linemen in, in my. 20 years there, we've had some fantastic offensive linemen, more division one offensive linemen than any other position, you know, just, we, we've got big kids. Um, and we've just, uh, we had to get better. You know, we had to find a way to get better. Uh, we had to find a way to get more fundamentally sound. And I, and I think going back to that first year, that still holds true in what we try to, how we try to prepare our kids and just the fundamental soundness, you know, it's a really simple game, and I know this sounds like coach talk, but you got to block and tackle. If you don't block and tackle, you're not going to win. And those are the fundamental, you know, that's the essence of the game, blocking and tackling. And uh, that's what we had to get better at. So we went to work in the offseason and, you know, worked work the hallways and, you know, tried to get kids involved. And it was a little easier because there was a little bit of excitement that, hey, we, we went six and four. We had a winning season. Uh, the first one since I think it was like 78 or 77. And so it was a little easier to attract, attract some yeah. kids to, to come out and give it a try. 
but it's not easy. It is not. It's not that easy because those next those next few years were tough. We're lean, very yeah. lean. We we had success in 01. Yes. First playoff berth. And then you won three games. Three. And then one. Two. Or two. Three and seven, one and eight, or three and seven, one and nine, two and eight. I believe it was. We won six games over the next three years. Yeah. That was really really hard. And I tell you, I'm looking at these scores. I remember. I don't know if I'd had any more assignment games after that first one. I don't know if I was there, but I remember 04. I remember the 04 team. And because at that time, Jesse Herbst was on your staff. Mm-hmm. And Jesse had left Dayton. Mm-hmm. I had worked with Jesse at this time, you know, three years at Dayton before he had left. And this game at Dixie in the Dust Bowl, as Trevor Stellman called it, right? I was working your side, and I think Jesse said something before the game. Look, Dixie was really good. They were. In those mid-2000s. I said, what, what are we looking like tonight? And he said, well, I really hope we play well because I don't know if Jeff can handle much more because <laughs> it was tough, man. It was. And I know you. You know, I asked you, I asked you yesterday if you thought you were a perfectionist. I, I know you as a coach, right, and and as a human being right. outside. But watching you pregame, the like the buildup, just watching the way you have your own, you have your own cadence, the way you do everything. Everything is kind of right down the middle, no deviations. Um, which is, I think, I love that. I don't like deviations. Me either. <laughs> you could tell it's all you're wearing it all over your face, all over your body like how you're feeling about that. It doesn't matter if you're playing uh, Dayton High School in 1998 or Dixie High School in 2004. And you could just tell that it was starting to wear on you a little bit, the losing, mm-hmm. right? And that was not a good night for the Pioneers. It was not. And the, and the rest of the year did not end well. Mm-mm. But it changed. It did. That was the end. Yep, that was. That, o- was, that was the end. 04 was the end. And since 04... If I remember right, there's been one losing season. Correct. 11. 11. We started. And you had a sophomore quarterback. And 12 other sophomores yeah. playing with him. Yeah. It was that run, right? Because we, we're, we're done talking about the, the old, the losing days. We're going to talk, start talking okay. about the, the real Jeff Marksbury. So I think one of the things that correlated with the 05 team is some really good players. The, the kids coming in, the kids playing up. We're probably tired of it, mm-hmm. right? Off season, picking it up. But even at this schedule, you know, picked it up there. Lloyd, Woodford County, Holy Cross. And Holy Cross in 05 was really good. I was in that game, the that beat down of Holy Cross. All right, Boone, Dixie, Holmes, Campbell, Rao. And then it was to the moon, right? It took off. Took off. We had some kids that really, I mean, the 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 building of the culture, yeah, and the work ethic and what it was going to take to be good. I mean, it took that long to, um, to to instill that and to and to develop that. It, you know, it also didn't help some of those lean years. We lost some kids. You know, some kids left Simon Kenton. Is that an open enrollment thing, or is that a- no? That was that was just their choice that they wanted to go play somewhere else. Um, 
you know, Jordan Neville's left and went to Highlands. Yeah, that's it, right. You know, that, I forgot that, about that. That kid doesn't. We're not two and eight if we have yeah. if we have Jordan Neville's. I don't think. Uh, you know, his brother Joseph stayed, uh, and there were some other some other kids that played in the South Kenton that I, you know, I, I don't know how to explain it. Um, that that gravitated and and went to Highlands as well. Um, and we we just we weren't we weren't super talented. It wasn't for lack of trying. It wasn't for lack of of effort on our on our kids' part. You know, it takes some talent to win. It it, it, takes it really some does. Really good players. Um, so it it was it was tough. It was those three years were really really hard. You know, especially after you have, you know, the first two years, a winning season into the first playoff berth since '93, where you're really excited and you think oh things are going well. And then all of a sudden, you just get, you know, as Trent says, sometimes you're the bug and sometimes you're the windshield. You know, we were <laughs> we were the bug for those three years, you know. I think the one thing that I remember about starting in 05 was this team speed, honestly. And I, I, that could just be the talent of the player. But that, that second, third game down there at Holmes playing Holy Cross, and it was a track meet. And it was both ways for a little while. Right. Holy Cross was really good. But you guys were just better. And from that moment on, it seemed like your skill players have just been... Gotten better. Oh, wow. Yes. I mean, is that is that something that... Okay, let me say this. At any point, with like hiring of staff, changing an off-season regimen, you know, workout, stuff like that, you think that's beneficial because you've had a very solid staff yes and they've remained loyal with the exception obviously that dog jesse herps had to leave imagine that he's selfish <laughs> <laughs> i guess he was just tired of you know kicking ass he, right? he worked really hard for he, him, he's know? amazing he, he worked really hard he's for doing us. great right now too boy he is he he's is a, he's got great. dayton in, in great he shape lo- I, I love it i'm really happy for him I, I think it's a combination of three things steve i you know it's the it's the influx of talent um you know there was we had a we had a peewee organization yeah. you know that that helped it got Big more time. kids involved um it you know our our strength and conditioning program developed i'm very proud of it i you know i i try to read and study and and that's the one area where i kind of concentrate on concentrate my my learning on right now is the the strength and conditioning and how to how to make some of our kids better athletes. I mean, let, let's be honest. You, what God didn't put in, you can't sure you can't put in. You know, there's some God given abilities that 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 some people have, whether it be music or basketball or football or you know whatever it might be, gymnastics. Um, but we had an influx of talent. Um, we had kids that decided that they wanted to be successful. They had they had seen a taste of success. And I just, you know, after those three years, I kind of thought I'm going to give this a go and I am going to, you know, work my tail off to, to make us better and try to do things the right way. And it just, you know, it, it happened. I, I don't. Well, you also were playing much better defense too. Well, we were. Yeah. Yeah, we were. That helps. It does. Doesn't matter how much you talk about it to the kids. Like we, we stress it. But when you're watching it, it's like, ugh, right? Mm-hmm. Until you get it flying around to the ball. And, you know, in a football, it's, it's, I would say it's just as easy in basketball. Just, you know, there's the ball, stop it. Right. You know, 
go up and get it. It's like rebounding. Go up and get it. Just go get it, right? Tackling is desire. You have to want to do it, just like rebounding. It's it's no different. You have to want to do it. And the build-up to this 08 season, you know, the 07 season, another six and five year, Mm -hmm. right down the middle. But the die was cast. You were playing these kids. Yes. And they were good. Yes. And the schedule was tough that, you know, from the very beginning. And the game experience that they were getting built up to the to the 08 team. And I remember the first time I saw them in 08, I don't remember who you're playing, but it was a machine. Right. Talk about that 08 season a little bit. Well, you know, we, we kind of struggled early on. We were th- three and four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And took a, just a beating from Boone at our place. 42 to 14, I 42 think. 42 to 7. 42 to 7, okay. Uh, I tried to be generous there with our <laughs> offensive points. Um, just took a beating. And that was a talented Boone team. And, and I will tell you that, you know, we, we talked a little earlier about people that had uh, impacts on, or I talked a little bit earlier about, you know, the impact. Rick, Rick Thompson and the way they did things at Boone, they were so simple but yet so good. You know, it was what you said. We're going to we're going to come right at you and you can't stop it. You know, and Dave took that with him to Ryle. And we modeled or I tried to model. I, I studied as much Boone stuff as I could possibly study. Film. Is this like the Boone Owen Halk Boone like the And Rick Boone and, okay. because Rick didn't deviate much especially offensively yeah. from from what Boone County was known for. And you know, it came down to um making things a little simpler yeah, and being able to execute those four or five, three to five things that you're going to hang your hat on because Boone didn't, if it was first and 10, they were going to run buck slam or O lead. If it was second and 10, they were going to run buck slam or O lead. If it was third and 10, they were going to ruck, run buck slam or O lead and that it, you had to stop it. And so we, you know, we quit being cute I'll say cute, but with the, some of the offensive stuff we were trying to do and simplified some things in 08, went to some zone stuff. You know, of course, we were blessed to have Miles and Chad you know, Lawrence. Chad Lawrence. <laughs> but Chad didn't really start playing yeah. until the Russell game yeah. after Boone after Boone beat us. Um, we, we met as a staff and said, look, we, we, we've got all of this talent. What are we What are we going to do? And um, – we, we named Chad the starting quarterback. I didn't know this, but our quarterback, Pat Bustle, who I'm still really close with, um, he, you know, as a junior, he threw 14 touchdowns, threw for 1,200 yards. I mean, that's a, that's a good year in a, as a first-year sure. starting quarterback. And he had played the first seven games with a torn lat muscle and didn't know it. So it, it really had affected his, his throwing mechanics and his, his strength, his arm strength. And I, that Saturday or that Sunday – we met that Saturday. That Sunday, I called Pat and said, can we get together today and, and talk? And we went over and we sat in the visitor bleachers. And I said, you know, this is really difficult, but I, I need to know if you're willing to um, take our, you know, our decision and make the best of it. We're, we're deciding that you're not going to be our starting quarterback anymore, but we have big plans for you to go over and play some defense, to play some tight end for us and, you know, do some things offensively that we need you to do. And uh, he was like, yep, coach, whatever's best for the team, whatever you need me to do. And uh, 
Chad was inserted into the lineup, his confidence, his moxie, oh. his toughness, his, his face paint, his his, <laughs> his compet- yeah. competitive drive. Yeah. I mean, Chad had it all, other than the fact that he was five ten. I know, <laughs> you know. Um, and we just we took off. His leadership was off the charts as a sophomore. I mean, the difference. This is not a shot at this young man you were just talking about before, but that was my first season as a crew chief. And it all came down to a game that Campbell Campbell County. And I was the referee in that game. And it was my, my crew was our first year together. And that was the one we marked on the schedule because we knew some, whoever lost that game was out. out. Mm -hmm. And I got a call from the boss that morning saying, don't F it up tonight. <laughs> it was a big one. It was huge. And, you know, honestly, what a game. I, I, like, we could make up, you know, a, an episode of just about that. You know, Michael Kramer, quarterbacking. Yes. Senior, uh, junior Michael junior. Kramer. Yeah, junior Michael Kramer, quarterbacking for Campbell County. You know, Chad Lawrence. Was that his first start, do you say, or second? Uh I can't remember, but he was just... That was his second okay. start because we played Russell. Yeah. Russell was his first start. And you had a huge, huge play right there in the beginning of the game where quarterback quarterback got hit, ball fum, comes back out. Um, everybody won an incomplete pass, and it wasn't. And just momentum had switched. And I'm going to take credit for being really good at that. <laughs> Not doing that. Um, but momentum just switched right there, right right early on in the game. Because I would say Campbell might have been the favorite coming in that game. I would say so. Yeah. 15-7 final, and it came down to that last possession. Miles dove for a first down. Yeah. I have, I have a one. picture of him diving. And you needed a stop on D. Mm-hmm. Their last defensive possession was a stop as well. Yep. Unbelievable. And it was like from that point on, you know, Beat Holy Cross, go to Lafayette. It was the Road Warriors. Yep. Yeah. All four of them were on yeah. the road. Lafayette, beat that, beat them. Then go out and beat old Connor. Poor Connor. In a, in a battle. Look yeah. at the oh, score yeah. of that 46, game. 41. I'm sure Jesse was happy after that. Yeah. And then I was at the Boone game. That was the day after Thanksgiving. Frozen tundra. Yes. The Boone get the Connor game was actually colder. We couldn't really? keep the water bottles. Ugh. We couldn't keep the water bottles from freezing. Yeah. Um, even with the little propane, you know, the little sideline yeah. kerosene heaters on the sidelines. Greatest things ever. But that that the 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 environment and at that Boone game, the crowd size, the I mean, just that was it was spectacular, you know. And we had we had like I said, we had modeled like I mean, as a staff, we said who do we have to beat? No, no, no offense meant to Campbell. No offense meant to Dixie. No. Sure. Who do we have to beat? We have to beat Boone, you know. And that was in '05. That was kind of where we, you know, '05 was the was the Ferris Boone, Corey Ferris. And oh we, yeah. We beat them. Yeah. Um, and any t- we beat Boone in '01 to go to the playoffs, um, uh, in a seven to six game in the rain at our six to nothing game in the rain. I mean, it was six inches of mud on our on our field. It was just, and you know, Connor was, I mean, there were some really good football teams. Very good. Trevor's, yeah. Trevor's teams at Connor. I mean, those, what, three years they went 10 and 0 or two years they two went years. 10 and Yeah. 10 and 0. Really, really good teams. Um, but we kind of modeled it after, 
we have to beat Boone. Boone has been the dominant team for so long, you know, decades. We, we have to beat Boone, and that regional championship comes down to comes down to beating Boone at their place. It was a hell of a game. 14, Electric. Yeah, 14-7 final. And then you go, I, I remember, the. I did not go, but I remember that mail following along when you guys were at Louisville Mail. And, you know, and I, I don't want to be a dick about it, but – I think everybody probably oh, knew well, Trinity's <laughs> right. Everybody knew Trinity was much better. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. you know, the line middle linebacker went to Ohio State. Yeah, Tim Phillips, so tailback, good. went to Central Michigan. But you know, you got there. We did. We did. You know, Bryson Warner could say the same thing about was it 06? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's it was not easy. It's still not easy with those Louisville teams down there in it, Lexington. It is not. What do you look back on that? Okay, two things. What's your fondest memory of looking back on the 08 team first? Um, I, the, the trust they had in each other. Those, those kids just, they just, they loved each other. They're, that group of seniors. We didn't have a ton of seniors. 14, um, kids like Jeremy Marshall and Pat Bussell and uh, Jordan Wilson, just TJ DeWalt. Um, they, they just, they cared so much. You know, they were so tight, and they made it comfortable for those sophomores, even though those sophomores had 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 a lot of success together. You know, Chad's group, Chad, Zach Carroll, there were a lot of those kids that came from some of you that went undefeated two years in a row, and then they went, they won the freshman championship when they were freshmen at 10-0. and 0. Um, They had enough confidence that it didn't matter if those seniors accepted them or not because they were just going to kind of – impose their their will on on our team um that and then my my relationship with pat you know to to have him suck it up and and do that um and then of course obviously miles i mean i think those three things you know miles was just a he was a game changer he was a difference maker um you know we took i took that year we have a an award like you know kind of the best teammate award or and in, in, in 08, I named that after Pat. So now it has become the Pat Bustle awesome. Pioneer Award that we present at our banquet. I um, love that. Every year. But, I, I mean, that you know, think about that. As a 17-year-old senior, yeah. you're, you've been the starting quarterback for a year and a half, and now all of a sudden your coach comes to you and says, eh, you're not good enough anymore. Uh, you know, you're not getting the job. I mean, that, that's kind of the way it is. But um, for the sacrifice, that, and how he bought into it and made – and when he went to play outside linebacker, just made our defense so much, so much better, you know, um, and the support that he gave to, to the offense, even though he went to, you know, we were platooning at that time. So even though he went over to the defensive side, the support that he continued to give to, to our offensive guys was just, was phenomenal. That, that whole, the whole ride, I mean, just, you know, I can remember going to, we, we beat Mayo, uh, you know, their tailback was going to, Ohio State, I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, how are we going to stop this kid? I was the first one in the locker room at Mail, and I had, had this picture of Cardinal Stadium blown up, and I went in and I hung it on the on the locker room, you know, the board, the dry erase board, or chalkboard probably at that time. And uh, and I, we were using this, we were using this John F. Kennedy quote, if, if not us, you know, or if not now, when, if not us, who? You know, and we were just kind of, that was kind of what we were using to get through those, those last five weeks of the season, yeah, and uh, our kids just kind of felt like they 
they deserved it. You know, they worked, they'd worked so hard. Uh, a lot of fun, a lot of great memories from, from that year. Roy, you know, we were talking about Roy Lucas. Roy came down to the game. He was so excited. And actually he came to practice during the week. You know, they weren't playing anymore. And he sat up in the press box and helped, you know, helped Steve, our our guy in the press box, Steve Burns, um, you know, kind of looking at the defense and what can we call here and uh, just just fantastic. Uh, what a what a great, what a fun year, which, you know, I mean, sure. it's like you're. Yeah. Well, and it's, you talk about the mail. I was in the game. I had their game the week before when they had X. And that was a battle. Now, we didn't have a dog in the fight, but I knew that, you know, by that time you guys were going to be playing them when we walked off the field and got into the locker room. So, right. it was a, I mean, that was a really, really good male team. And that running back was unbelievable. He was phenomenal. He walked out. So we Justin Green. Green, that's right. He walked out on the field for warm-ups. And it was really warm that week there. It's, it, feel, it felt warm for, for that late of the year. And he looked like a... He was in an Under Armour commercial. Mm-hmm. Like this kid was yoked, right? And I thought, oh, yep, somebody's getting that ass whipped tonight because <laughs> he just had that look. He was intimidating, man. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was an impressive. He was an impressive looking football player, and he was. He was really, really, really good. So the other thing I had about that, you know, that did you know was the writing on the wall for like the next few years that you realized after that season that. This is going somewhere. Yes. You could feel it. Yeah, because we'd played so many sophomores. Yeah. There was this confidence mm-hmm. around the program at the time. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't know because I, I know how you are. You're more like, uh, well, yeah, we'll see. Right. You know, I mean, we'd have a pregame conversation before you would play somebody with no wins. And you'd be like, okay, I'll pick on Randy. So when you had to beat Randy Borchers in their first year, when you beat him by like 80 points. It wasn't 80. Well, 60 points. And – uh, before the game, you're like, well, I don't know. I mean, they got some pretty good players over there, and I was just looking at you like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how you are. I mean, I, I'm that way too. We, we we respect opponents here. Yes. I re, we disrespect no one. We're not better than you until we've beaten you. Right. It's just the way we are. Got to play the game. Got to play the game. So, and but that you could just sense the confidence in the in those boys, and the excitement around the. I think the excitement began to change too. It did. The 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 Friday night environment became almost um, the pageantry of it, right? Obviously, they have their things that they always do, their kettle corn and this and this. But that next year, coming in that first couple of weeks, stands are packed. Yes. You know the pageantry of all the shit that's going on in the background. You know it was wild. Right. It was a great time to be Simon Kitten. And we lose that daggone first game to Henry Clay in 09. Fumbled the opening kickoff. Then we lose to Henry. No, you did not. You beat Newcath. We beat Newcath. Yeah, because I saw you at Brad Carr's that night and said, you had to whip up on Bob Schneider and maybe his and his last year. <laughs> yeah. I think it was it was Brad's birthday party or something. But okay. you did lose to Henry Clay. I did lose it. Was that week two? Four. Week four. Okay. We were 3-0. Yeah. and oh. You were 3-0. and and, oh. I, and And that was the first time that I'd ever thought we yep. had a chance to go undefeated. In the regular season, yeah, and uh, and then we we fumble the opening kickoff. They scoop it up and return it. And what was that like? Twenty eight, twenty one. Well, it just refreshed. Henry, Henry. I think it was forty two to thirty one. Was it that much? Yeah. Okay. Well, you were calling offense, so you probably scored thirty one points. <laughs> what about that? Have you always called the offense? Um, 
I did. I was a defensive coordinator for Roy. Mm-hmm. When I took over in 2000, um, I actually called both. Eh, one year that was enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I gave it up, gave up the defense and called the offense. Um, and so, yeah, I've, I called the offense up until 2014 when well, Roy came back in 12. But I called it two more years, I think. And then um, in 14, we took off, you know. Roy's a much better play caller than I am. So, What do you think that is? I, I've always had this thing with the head coaches who are calling plays. For, because I've told some of them, you need to find someone else to do that. <laughs> because you've got so much going on. on. Especially on game day. There's so much happening. And now you're running through your head. If, you know, this situation, that situation. I always felt that it would probably be easier. But then again, being a head coach... I understand the pressure to win, and I understand the pressure. To, and in football, you don't put points on the board, you're not going to keep your job. Right. Basketball, you don't put points on the scoreboard, you're not going to keep your job. You don't win, you're not going to keep your job, which is sad, honestly, but it, it's the times it's we live in. truth. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just wondered sometimes if that was a that, – if that came naturally for you that way. Like I need, I have, I have the idea of what I want, so I'm going to do it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think that when I was doing it, you know, I was a little more in tune with, with just kind of the the, the flow of the game. But now that I, I that's going to sound, it's going to sound weird. But now that I'm not doing it, I'm 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 much better, I think, at situational stuff, yeah. and especially special team stuff, and. You know, I I think the world of our special teams and Steve Burns does it. He and I kind of do it together, and um, I think we've we've played really good special teams over the years. I don't think we've ever lost a game because of poor special teams play. Um, and I, it, Roy just has a knack for for doing it. <laughs> Although I, that in fourteen when he took back over week one, our first game week one, you know we're on the head he's on the headphones and mine switches over to offense and defense, and I'm like. Can we just run the foot? You know, I'm an old offensive lineman. Like, I, I want to run the football. I want to, you know, I want our kids to be physical. Can we just run the football? And he takes his headphones off and he hands them to me. He says, do you want to call it? We're like one series into the game. And I'm like, no, I want you to call it, but I want to run the ball. <laughs> you know, the thing about after that, the 08 team, I think besides, what, 11, 2011, and there might have been one more year you had nine wins. They were all 10-win seasons. Yeah. With the exception of this past season. With the exception, with the, I don't think, do we have a nine? Yeah, you had one nine-win season. A nine and four. Something like that, yeah. So there were like two in, okay. prior to last year, I guess I should say. Yeah. And where I'm going with that is that the 2010 decade, mm-hmm. Simon Kenton football, record-wise, was the best football team in Northern Kentucky. No. You don't think? No. You sure? Yeah, I okay. don't think so. 97 wins? 97 wins in 10 seasons. I'm pretty sure. You might want to check into that. Okay. AD. <laughs> boss man. Because if I if I had 97 wins in 10 years as a football coach when you only played 10 games, I think that I would tell everybody. No, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Michelle probably tells everybody. <laughs> no, she doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't. <laughs> no. Yeah, well, 97 I mean, and 32 through the 2010 decade. To, to 10 to 19? Yes. Or Yes. Yeah, okay. But including this 2010 season, that's right. 10 years. Right. Yeah, I think you should probably look into that. Okay. I think you were the team of the decade in New York, Kentucky. Just telling you. 
Well, that's in the past. It is in the past. It's funny you say that. It's funny you say that. You know, when I'm when I'm making up these templates and I and I write like, you know, hey, Jeff Marksberry, state finalist coach, Jeff Marksberry, coach of the year recipient, you know, all these things. I I always have this feeling like if someone was writing those things about me, I'd be like, whatever that happened at this time, I'm on to the next. You know, a lot of people want to talk about our 2017 state tournament run. And very soon after that game, I would tell people, well, that's over. It was great. It has ended. It is time to begin 18. You know, we had Eric Russell on. The guy's been in the state tournament five times, right? Yes. Same deal. Well, that happened a couple years ago. So, like, I appreciate that about coaches. And we are different, right? Mm -hmm. We're built a little different when when it comes to that. But it is cool, though. It is cool to look back and say, Jeff Marksberry took over a program, no offense to Coach Lucas, that was under a rebuild. And that rebuild might be you think? cushioned a little bit. Well, it's like I was talking to Buddy Biggs the other day about it, about you coming on. And he said, well, that's easy. The story is the rebuild and the birth of Simon Kitten football. And I, and I think that's true. And I don't know a whole lot of Simon Kitten history. How long has the school been around? 37. 1937. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about pre-1997 <laughs> Simon Kitten football. I didn't start playing football until 66. Even better. Okay. I don't know anything about that. I'd, all I know is from my history, from being in high school and then starting as an official. At 19? At right? 19. Yep. 1997. Um, I remember Simon Kenton wasn't very good. It is the story is the rebuild and the birth, and I believe that, and that's respect to you. Like I have Thanks. tremendous respect for you as a football coach. I knew walking in on a Friday night what we were going to get <laughs> from your kids. It was going to be disciplined football. They were not going to bitch at each other in the huddle. They were not going to fight each other. They were going to play hard. And a lot of times they were going to put that ass whipping on somebody. And, you know, and I, you say play hard. That has been that has been so important because in, it, and it comes with learning how to win, giving that extra effort and playing hard. That's been so important to the development of, of our uh, – and we still say it daily. You know, if you don't play hard, you can't play here. You, you just can't. I, you know, Roy said it two weeks ago at one of our agility drills, you know. He, we, we got a – a transfer student in um, that played at another school last year, and he just wasn't working very hard. And Roy said to him, "I, I don't, you know, I don't know what it was like there, but if you don't, if you're not going to work hard here, you're you're not going to play." Play. And I'm like, "Ooh, you know." And Roy still got that in him. He, yeah, he's a fiery guy. He certainly is. He can get after it. Yes. What's next for Jeff Marksberry? I'm going to buy some chicken wings when I'm done here. At Nuck and Futs? No, I'm going oh. to buy my own to smoke. Come on. Yeah, I've gotten into smoking. Uh, I got a smoker about a year Are you ago. just, in, are you dodging that question? Or what, uh, I, I didn't say what's next is in where well, I want to lunch. You asked me what's next. You weren't real specific. Well, it's no secret that you could probably retire soon. I could have retired in on June 30th, just like Buddy. Okay. July 1 would have been my first day of retirement. This I finished year 27. All right. I don't know what's next. I, you know. Are you, uh, okay. 
do you still get excited about like the start of a new year and start of the school year? And I do. I get excited about, although COVID has yeah, made it a little true. difficult this summer, yeah. but I, I do. I get. I still get excited about, you know, taking those eighty-five guys or eighty-eight guys that we've got right now, and figuring out how each one of those pieces are going to fit together. And you know, do we take this kid that played offense last year and move him to safety to give us our best, better defense? Or do we take, you know, this kid that played linebacker last year and move him to H back or guard? Or I, I still, I still like doing those puzzle, puzzle fitting things that you have to do sure. as, a, as a coach. I, I do. I, I still enjoy that. It is one of the greatest winning is great. And I, you know, how many times have you heard the old, you know, I hate losing more than I like winning, but fitting those pieces together is, I, I, I enjoy it. And I enjoy the, the, the relationship piece. Yeah. Of it. You know, I went to, I went to workouts yesterday and there were six of us there and we had five groups. So I did not have a personal group of 10 to, to take around to the stations, but I made sure that I went to every single group and visited with them and said, you know, hey, how are you guys doing? Missed you last week, you know, because I was I was gone. I didn't attend the two workouts last week, which I've never done. Um, yeah, but it's, it's the dead period was right. You you schedule these vacations months in advance, a year, a, a almost year. a year in advance. Yeah, there you go. You know, um, so uh, I made sure that I went around to every group and and made that, uh, you know, said to them, hey, you know, how are you guys doing? Missed you last week and. Looking forward to you know the next couple of weeks of still still getting together and trying to make us better. And you know they were like, "Hey, coach, how was your vacation?" And, you know, nice tan. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I'm jealous. I, I don't know, Steve. I, I'm 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 happy. Uh, I, Simon Kenton is a great place to work. Uh, we've got great community support, and we've got great teachers and a great staff and great kids. You know, in the school, um, we're, we're we were transitioning to a new principal. Uh, who is a you know a supporter of athletics? He gets it. Our former principal was. He was a former baseball coach. He was assistant. He was an assistant for John Finn for, you know, how many, twenty five years or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, now this the the new one, Craig Reinhardt. He was he was an, he was a soccer coach. He played soccer at Camel County, and um, so he gets he gets athletics and he understands the importance of it. Um, so I I'm happy. I I don't have any. Desires I was just, I to, just asking. I I didn't. I wasn't drilling into you like you know. like my answer has been <laughs> yeah i just wanted to know I, we ask everybody what what's next for them but i you know i didn't want you to be offended but but seriously firing up that smoker oh yeah i taught myself how to i've done a couple briskets some burn-ins ribs several times some, some boston butt some it's making my own sauce Trying to steal the, the Matt Coleman. You yeah, know? I was seriously going to say, you sound like Matt Coleman Every now. time I make something, Jesus. I take, take a picture and I send it to Matt. And I, I'm just trying to be as good yeah. as you. Well, Matt, Matt, we'll get the random group text from Matt Coleman. Matt Coleman used to coach basketball at Scott. and I grew up with him in, in Covington. Yes. In Latonia. What about those? What about that group of guys? <sighs> Fantastic. Yeah. Dave Newhouse, Buddy Biggs, Matt Coleman, Brad, Davey. Uh, I mean, the, the it's there's more than that. You know, Mike Neal. Mike Still, Neal's, whose brother is Brian Neal, yeah. was the head coach at, at Xavier. Yes. You know, Brian was in our group of friends at Holmes and um, just fantastic, fantastic guys. I, 
you know, people ask me all the time what it was like going to homes, and I wouldn't trade that experience for anything. It was it was a great, great school. I had great teachers, and I had great friends. I loved going to school every every day to hang out with those with those guys. And some of those guys have been very successful, Buddy, and yes. on the coaching side. Yeah, you know, Buddy Brad. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if any of the other guys. I don't know what no. they do. Yes. Well, Jeff Marksberry, 153 wins in 20 years. It's pretty impressive. Thanks. Yeah. Does that embarrass you to say that? For I say that? No, I mean, it, it is what it is. 153 yeah. wins. No. The Jeff Marksberry. I mean, it, you know, it could be 163 if we wouldn't have fumbled that opening kickoff. Yeah. Against Henry or if you yeah. weren't calling plays <laughs> back in the beginning. Right. <laughs> we didn't score 31 instead of scoring 42, you know. I, I hope I didn't. I hope we don't feel like we slided any of those 2010 teams. We we kind of went in on the 08 season, but I'll tell you, man, that this run, the run of young men that you had in this decade, it's been phenomenal. You know, it, you mentioned the eight team, mm-hmm. and and I think because we got to the finals, that sure. was the one that people talk about, but. The nine team when Chad was a junior and we lost to St. X was that eleven and two season? Yeah. Yes. And then the that was Miles senior year, right? That was Miles senior yeah. year. Yeah. And then the thir- thirteen team with when Brennan was a Brennan Kunz yes. was a senior. Senior. We 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 got upset by by uh, Louisville Butler. Well, that's right. But you were undefeated, right? We that were. Year? Yeah. We were. We were. We wound up being 12-1 and one that year. And, um, you know, I mentioned before that I don't know that we'd ever lost a game because of a bad special teams play. But that, a special teams play um, cost us that night. You know, Butler goes on the next week to lose to Meade County, and Scott County beats Meade County in, in a, the finals. Yeah. And, I, and you know, that's a controversial the one, final, too. That's the one that I look at and think – is that the one that got away? You know, yeah. Was that the is, was that the the state championship that, that got away? But so we punted to Butler. Universal call in football: punt, as you know, punt return. Peter, Peter, Peter. If you're not going to return the the punt, you know, get away from it. And their kid starts yelling, "Peter, Peter, Peter!" And our kids stop. Oh. And no one goes over and picks up the ball and downs it. And their kid sees that our kids kind of are just lackadaisically coming down the field. He picks it up and returns it for a touchdown. So to this day, every day we install punt. It's drilled and drilled and drilled that you're going to walk over, pick up that ball, and hand it to that official. You're not going to touch it. You're going to pick it up and hand it to that official. We had a game in 05. I want to say it was Cincinnati St. X came over and played Cuffcath. And – Stan Stottle was the assigning secretary at that time, and it was a um, it was a hand picked crew because it was on TV and right. everything else. Uh, and I was working the Saint X side, Cuffcath, when they and oh, what was that guy's name? Uh, Rodenberg. Yeah, John Rodenberg. John Rodenberg. Yeah, he was coach at Cuffcath at the time. Cuffcath would punt the ball, and they would not down it properly. And at one point, the kid just walked up and kind of slapped the ball, which is not downing it. Right. And <laughs> the St. X coach looked at me and said, um, so he touches this ball, 
and he does not down it. What's our status here? And I said, well, it's a live, it's a live ball. And the next time the kid does it, boom, kid from St. X picks it up house. Yep. And all hell broke loose. All hell broke loose. St. X on the field, excited. Cuffcath on the field, pissed. Right. And the, at the time I was working the wing and back judge and I looked right at each other, like thumb up, man. Good job. It was the easiest, but from that moment on, the rest of that game, and the next time I'd had Cuffcath in uh, Highlands, the next a few weeks later, yeah, boy, it was, I'm going to hand you this football. Right, right. It's amazing the little things that you don't, that you don't realize, like rules-wise. You know? Or that kids don't know. Uh, yes. There are so many things. That's the one thing about football. There are a hundred things that can happen in a play mm-hmm. that could screw up the entire game. And you've probably seen a bunch of them. Too many for me to remember, probably. Yeah. yeah. I still enjoy, like, getting f- rules, f- questions from, from coaches. <laughs> from coaches. I love it. I love it. But Some more than others. Yeah. Well, you used to call, but now you don't call anymore. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Well, Jeff Marksbury, everybody. Uh, Coach, we really appreciate it. You coming on. Here's the other thing. Really rooting for you all. Football in general. I mean, football is everything. We talked about it in the last couple podcasts. Football is – we really needed to go on. I don't know if it will go on right? the way it's happening. I hate to even think about it. but it's scary. It is, a, it is a weird time where we're at. Um, I'm a football guy. You know that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm rooting for it. Um, you, uh, you've done things the right way. Well, thanks. You play with your – you play with the kids. They're in your community, Right. You win with them. You were the team of the decade with those kids. <laughs> there you go, right? You need to look into that. I will. I may have to call Michelle. Oh, by the way, hold on. Let's talk about Michelle for a second. All right. Is she going to make me a cake anytime? You sh- I'm really kind of upset that I did not I get the... That was kind the- of a birthday thing, wasn't it? Yes. What is that cake that she makes? Is it like um, a sour cream? No, it's the, what is it's that? the Italian wedding cake. That's it. Yep. You tell Michelle how upset I am. That when you walked in this door, there was no cake. Cake. That might be the greatest dessert. I don't know. Her cheesecakes. I can't eat other cheesecakes because her cheesecakes are so good. You're and at her, it. And her blue cheese dressing. She's she's a she's a fantastic cook and baker. She can come up with great stuff. I got lucky there. You're out of your league. I outkicked it, right? Oh, not even close. So, coach, we really appreciate Thank you being you. here, man. Me too. It was fun. Jeff Marksberry, everybody. Appreciate it.